Three minutes it is after 8 p.m. And uh, the uh, Small Business Institute has uh, implored the government to urgently revise regulations that are preventing small businesses from operating during the national state of disaster. Now, uh, they penned an open letter to President Sir Ramaphosa saying that the harm being done to the economy as a result of these regulations can't be justified and that uh, there's no discernible link between many of the regulations and the stated aim of protecting people from contracting COVID-19. I'm joined on the line now uh, by the uh, uh, CEO of the Small Business Institute, John Lu, who joins me now on the line. John, good evening to you and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Good evening, Ayabama, and thank you for um, inviting us. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. John, I want us maybe to start off here uh, with, uh, in the first paragraph of your letter, penned today on May 12, uh, saying that uh, you see no discernible link between many of uh, the uh, regulations that have been instituted and the stated aim of protecting people from transmitting COVID-19. Let's maybe talk about specifics here. Which which regulations do you see some divergence here between uh, the uh, task of containing the spread of this virus and, of course, uh, some of the uh, prohibitive regulations that have an impact on small business? I think let's talk, uh, start uh, from backwards, maybe. Um, what, what prompted a call today to the president? Uh, two things. Uh, the first one is we've now been on stage um, four or level four, uh, and we're going into the end of the second week of uh, level four. We haven't had any any movement announcements about um, how we actually reopen the economy beyond the measures that we announced uh, two weeks ago, both by the president and the ministers in the economic cluster, because level four was always supposed to be a transitional level. So there has to. we know that government has been interacting with business as late as uh, Friday and over the weekend. So we are trying to um, to put our voice there. And then the second one is uh, a flood of uh, emails that we've received from our members for, from the small business segment of the economy about the fact that they are still not able to operate. And partly the reason... Which are, the, which are these sectors, John, specifically? I, I mean, I would think that uh, there are parts of the economy in level four uh, that have been allowed to operate, I guess, uh, subject to occupational health and safety issues. But yes, there yeah. would be parts like e-commerce, for instance, that are e-commerce, unable to operate. for example, yeah. is one of them. Then the second one, uh, where let's be constructive as well and make uh, suggestions to government. So, for example, <clears throat> if you take the sector approach, uh, you talk about mining, you talk about agriculture, and then medical supplies and the essential services. What we're asking for is we're asking for a varied approach, which was always going to be applied anyway on stage four. What is the varied approach? The varied approach is you look at the products, uh, you look at the activities instead of looking at a sector. Look at, um, for example, let me give you from a geographic point of view. Karu has not recorded um, any fatalities and infections. How much testing uh, right? has happened there? Sorry? How much testing has happened there? So in places oh, yeah. in the Karu, you know, in places like Karyado or, yeah. you know, Kakamas, how, how much testing has happened? Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you do have a point there, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can't treat it. You can't treat it as if it's in the middle of New York uh, a few sure, weeks ago. Sure. No. Uh, according to what the president announced, we're going to take a risk-adjusted um, approach to this. In other words, if a province has got uh, low infections, 
that province must be allowed to reopen uh, quite faster than other uh, provinces. Mm, yeah. And uh, you, you can't say, for example, in the western, in, in, in Cape Town, which is the epicenter in the country, you can't say, please reopen willy-nilly. No, we're not reckless. And by asking government to do this, we're also asking the small business segment to take a bit of responsibility. If we give you the right, if government gives you the right to reopen, it is up to you to ensure the workplace is sufficiently prepared uh, for employees to come back to work. If the workplace becomes uh, a hotspot and becomes an infection center, there, are, there has to be consequences. It means that you are either not ready or you are not mm. applying social distancing. What sanction would you suggest as, as a consequence? Well, I think there are sanctions that are um, contained in the contained in the, the uh, regulations. regulations. Okay. That's the first one. The second one, of course, is uh, permanent closure of the business. Um, you you can't if, if if you're putting people's lives at uh, risk. That's the minimum that I think we can get, which is uh, permanent closure of your business. Mm. This was never meant to be about uh, a choice between livelihoods and um, and, and lives. We always knew that lives come first. Yeah, yeah. But we also have to be mindful of the fact that we do not uh, save lives and we don't have an economy for those lives sure, to go sure, back to. Sure. John, I want us to talk about two things briefly. And I guess the first one is uh, the point that you're making about the responsibility resting with the small business owners themselves uh, to make the workplace a place that is conducive uh, or in line with the, I guess, prevention regulations that have been outlined. And I think that's an important point to underscore. Uh, do some of your members give you a sense of their own readiness? I mean, uh, you know, we're hearing cases in different provinces of a shortage of PPE. I mean, there was a strike with uh, health workers and nurses who we're going to be speaking to later on the show who've had similar issues in accessing uh, the protective and uh, preventative uh, equipment that they need to operate. Um, you know, uh, how different would uh, the challenges in accessing that PPE be for some of your members? I think we have to be um, um, nuanced here. The PPE that has been in shortage, I think, is the medical PPE. Okay. Right. That is protective gear for, mm. for, for the medical staff, um, for surgery masks sure. and um, those suits they wear uh, during surgery. But I am not aware uh, of any, any uh, shortages of the face cloth masks. And people have been very uh, creative and improvising. So this is within our reach. And we've seen our members, uh, for example, <clears throat> uh, over the last uh, few weeks, that they have been uh, using this opportunity to respond to the government's call as well. Those who can, could you please supply food to mm. the township? Our Golden Triangle uh, Chamber, for example, has distributed hundreds of uh, food parcels. So they are able to uh, carry out a little bit of activity. And I know of no case where they have then infected or spread the virus. So we're just saying, let let us be a bit sensible. Uh, treat each other like uh, we are responsible adults. Um, let's make let's carry, take some of the decisions uh, away from the government and make them part of the short floor decisions between managers, supervisors, and employees. Mm. You speak about pivoting in your letter. You say, at the very least, 
uh, some of the companies uh, that uh, are expected to uh, put in place all of these preventative measures should also be allowed to pivot their businesses and where possible to trade online without further delay, which I guess uh, highlights the challenges that are being faced by the space of e-commerce. also heard Trevor Manuel raising a similar issue uh, earlier on today about the rationality of uh, this prohibition of e-commerce. And uh, maybe talk to us about your observation or your sense as to why uh, there's been uh, this uh, prohibition of uh, um, e-commerce, and and in particular, I guess, the impact that this would have on uh, those key supply chains. Uh, I mean, one would think that uh, there's warehouses that are chock-a-block full uh, because, um, you know, of uh, preparations that people might have made in anticipation that this uh, yeah. particular sector would open. Especially because um, it is not too different from um, what has been allowed as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've allowed now food to be delivered into our homes, uh, right? Now, if food is being delivered through our homes, um, w- w- why is it not uh, possible to have a parcel uh, delivered, uh, a, a, a parcel, a food parcels have been distributed. It's not made sense. But we also know that the Minister of um, Trade and Industry and Competition is addressing this issue uh, because you, you can reopen it uh, today, but if there's no stock and there's no demand, um, what's the point of opening it? So you have to ensure that the suppliers uh, are able to uh, to, pro- to to supply the demand because the most important thing about COVID is that it's affected both sides of the economy, supply and demand. It's depressed both of them, so we have to be ready. But we can't be uh, we can't wait too much. We can't overanalyze. We, there can be no perfect stage. Our understanding of the risk adjusted approach is that it was going to be flexible uh, if something happens, if we, sp- if we have a spike uh, of infections and, uh, and, and fatalities in one area, obviously we have to return to uh, stage five. Mm, but, but does that not go back to the same question I was asking you as you were making the example of uh, the Karoo, which is that all of that is contingent on much better data coming in and filtering into yeah. the decision-making system. And uh, you can't get that data if you're not expanding or even massifying the kind of testing that you have. And some people might argue that you probably want to contain the mobility of people and uh, have as close uh, to a level five now to give you the space to go out and actually test people. So so in essence, uh, some of the measures that you might see as prohibitive are also, uh, I guess, measures that have been put in place to give us the room to maneuver and be able uh, to create uh, the basis for much better data. Exactly. So, uh, what, what, what are the protocols? The protocols uh, do include uh, testing. No one goes back to work without testing sure. uh, their status. Mm. So, uh, there's a responsibility as well to economic operators that if you reopen your business, you are really ready. You've tested who has arrived back uh, at work. The mining houses do it uh, very well. So, the point that we're making is we're making, we're saying, don't only look at the major uh, segment of the mining uh, industry. Also look at the supply chain, which are the SMEs that supply the mining industry. But of course, the key requirement is is the workplace radio. And the people who are arriving at work, um, are they uh, not carrying the, 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 the virus? If they're carrying the virus, it's really pointless. Uh, it's almost shooting ourselves in the foot uh, to save return at whatever point, return without knowing your status, you can't. 
testing has to be a prerequisite for that. Mm-hmm. And of course, you you saying that opening up the space for some of your members to operate would also assist and complement the efforts of government in rolling out and expanding that testing. Expanding that testing, but it also reduces the need for uh, the relief measures. Uh, we appreciate what government has done. Two and a half billion rent. And then today's announcement that uh, the, the guarantee scheme, the credit guarantee scheme is now operational. Banks are opening their doors to all the small businesses uh, mm. with turnover of less than 300 million rent. It, and then what the Oppenheimers and the Rupert family has done. But we can further reduce the need from the uh, to the fiscal uh, by getting quite a bit more people back to work, mm. especially those who are ready. I mean, we look at small businesses. We say anyone who's operating, who, who employs less than 50 people, that's actually within the limit uh, of all the gatherings uh, right now. So let's be a little flexible. Let's comply with the protocol, safety protocols, and then get them back to work. Okay. The other thing that I found quite interesting in uh, your in your open letter here was, uh, I guess, this uh, you know big small kind of uh, dichotomy that you refer to. And I want to read an extract from the letter. You say, uh, it's, um, it isn't any wonder we've been handed uh, the uh, 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 regulation. Oh, sorry. It- Let me just get this right. In none of the uh, regulations is there an acknowledgement that there are significant differences between the way large and small businesses operate within a sector or that perhaps SMMEs could avoid much of the risk government has identified by merely by being small. And I guess that, that's the point that you're raising, that um, uh, w- when you think about gatherings and uh, the yeah. uh, uh, prohibitions on assembly, the fact that your smaller businesses lend you uh, to much easier compliance than maybe some of the bigger guys. But I guess there's also another flip side, which is uh, that you are suggesting here that much of these regulations uh, have been initiated uh, with the idea of big business in mind, uh, which, which makes yeah. one wonder, I guess, who's at the table. Yeah. And um, so for level five, I think we understood uh, the need for a very hard lockdown mm. and that you, you did not uh, take chances. But we are now at level um, at level four and we've had about two weeks of it. So let's be a bit flexible. Let's take all the lessons uh, that we've learned. Um, so a good gesture, for example, would be to reopen um to reopen um, e-commerce because we've been delivering food in in our households uh, from uh, the e-hailing services uh, mm-hmm. for a week now. Now, let's also look at the data. Let's look at what's happening. Uh, are the infections going up as a result of that? Because if they are, then it means that that also has to be outlawed. But if they are not, uh, then let, let's, let's listen to both sides and economics uh, talking here. Let's just not be um, uh, binary in our choices. So one of the points we make is we're saying, instead of looking at sectors uh, of the economy, why don't you look at geography, one, and the infection rates and the data that's coming out of uh, different localities? And also look at the activities. What sort of activities go on in one business? Because they can't be the same. Mm. If the business uh, is able to lend itself to social distancing, uh, fine. So it's ticked one box. And then are they able to sanitize, wash hands, uh, and uh, have uh, face masks? 
then yeah, uh, please reopen. Let's okay. be flexible. All right. John, we'll have to leave it there. And uh, I guess, uh, uh, yeah, I certainly hope that uh, this uh, particular letter has received a receptive ear and that uh, you uh, will receive a response from the presidency. And uh, I hope that this might open the way for some engagement. But thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us this evening. Uh, John Lulu, the CEO of the uh, Small Business Institute, speaking to us this evening for our SMME exchange.